0: This is The Leading Second Podcast. We're on a mission to raise up uncommon church
1: builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team.
2: Welcome back to season three of The Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited and honored uh, that you have found your way to this space today. If you lead from the middle, then Leading Second is... For you, I'm so glad you're here. And if you're a new or an avid listener, let me just tell you, today's episode is going to be so helpful uh, for all of us. Today, I'm going to be sharing a conversation with you that I recently had uh, with some of the team at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. I sat down with them recently and had a conversation on leading second for their pastors, but also clarity and preparing for life after COVID. So much wisdom here today uh, from a nationally leading church uh, that I know this is going to help you a lot. So um, get ready for a great conversation today. Uh, Before we dive into that, a bit of housekeeping, I want to remind you that the Leading Second Collective uh, is a Facebook group that we would love for you to be a part of. If you are on a church team, paid or unpaid, and you are active in ministry, uh, that is our community. That is our place of doing life. And we would love to have you there. We've been doing Uh, exclusive collective only events all fall and plan to continue that here, uh, especially into the new year. So a search for the leading second collective on Facebook. We'd love to have you there. All right. For today's conversation, Christ fellowship church under the leadership of pastors, Todd and Julie Mullins is a thriving life giving multi-site church in South Florida. I had the opportunity to be with them for a leadership gathering almost a year and a half ago uh, for an event that they host and founded called Church United. And I just have to say I was so impacted by their team and by their culture that I had to get them on the podcast and just bottle up a little bit of what I experienced that day. We we did Church United that morning, but I spent hours around the campus the rest of the day just meeting some of the team and experiencing something special that is Christ Fellowship uh, not only has the church grown to tens of thousands of people uh, across thirteen locations in thirty five years, uh, but there is something that is is more caught than taught around Christ Fellowship, and I pray today will be exactly that. Um, like all of us, uh, Christ Fellowship is wrestling with life after Covid as well as uh, searching for greater organizational clarity which has even led to some restructuring. So lots to talk about today. Lots we can glean from this team. So without further ado, here it is, my conversation with some of the team from Christ Fellowship. Well, hey guys, it's so good to uh, have a conversation with you guys and, and spend some time together today. How are
1: you all doing? Doing great. Glad to be here.
2: Yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks for having us absolutely. I just have to say um, I got a chance to see your church uh, a year and a half ago and um, I loved it. I love you guys have built something so special at Christ Fellowship. And I just wanted uh, the audience of this podcast to get to lean into that and experience a little bit of what I feel like I gleaned that day. So thanks so much for um, sitting down and talking today. Before we get into that, I want to make sure everybody knows who we're talking to. So I'm going to ask you to maybe share what you do Uh, at the church, but also as I love to do with new guests on the podcast, uh, make you share something interesting about you that very few people might know. And I'm kind of anxious to hear what some of that might be. So uh, Brandon, why don't we start with you?
1: Yeah, uh, Brandon Cato, I get to be on senior leadership team here at Christ Fellowship. Uh, I look after adult ministries and connections, um, and then a little bit of the construction world for Christ Fellowship. Um, Something unique, for three years, I thought that we were going to be uh, professional dog breeders. So we had uh, some professional show dogs and, and uh, champion bloodlines, and we traveled around showing uh, a couple dogs. And we quickly oh. sold all of that and got out of the Smart. dog business. Smart.
2: Well, I um, have a COVID puppy that we have days we want to disown her. Can I just send her your way? Then?
1: No, done. We, we're done with that
2: done with kids in the house also and done with dogs in the house. You're just, you're, you're, you're free. You're free. All right. Uh, I'm glad, glad we're talking today, Brandon, uh, Dave, let's go your way.
3: Yeah, Dave Samil. Um, I serve as a campus pastor at our broadcast location of Christ Fellowship and then uh, recently just joined our senior management team and just helped look after campus pastors and uh, what's happening across all of our campus locations. Uh, something interesting about me during COVID, uh, we broke down and we got some chickens. And so whoever's listening,
2: <laughs> no it's
3: more than a trend, it's a thing. You can be a chicken tender. You need to do it. We get fresh eggs every morning. <laughs>
0: It's incredible. It's a, that's not what it's called right a chicken tender you eat those
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, i've gotten so many memes you know whether i'm a, a chicken tender or whatever that's what you call somebody who looks after chicken so no the official name is something like a, a poultry or something like that i, I don't know
1: isn't, uh, they, isn't their favorite snack watermelon
3: I tell you, my girl, I affectionately call them the girl. No, you don't. No, no. Yeah, man. I've got three hens and the girls love, you know, we're in South Florida. And so the heat humidity is really tough. And so I freeze slices of watermelon for the girls. And uh, on a hot day, give the girls some frozen watermelon, corn on the cob. They love it. Oh, I, we'll,
2: we'll talk about that later. My wife's been begging me to get chickens. But anyways, uh, the man, the myth, Ryan McDermott, tell us about you.
0: <laughs> Ryan McDermott, I uh, look after students and young adults at our church primarily, and then uh, help a little bit with like teaching and content. So, my family and I have been here just over 10 years and we love it. Uh, my fun fact is not animal related, it's not about dogs or chickens, but uh, we, we are one of the families that broke down and we bought a camper during uh, just like two, week, two weeks ago. Nobody knows this. It's like honey home week. living. <laughs> yeah. So, That's not a permanent, but, but planning on having some fun with that. Hey, you're a great communicator, by the way.
2: I, I have, I have like low key stalked your church since I got to be there. So I heard you teach a couple times and, and love, uh, I love what you do. Um, well, Hey guys, I loved, as I've mentioned already a couple of times, really love Christ fellowship. It's something, um, so special, about the culture. And I wanted us to start today by asking you that question. What is, what is the most special thing to you about your house? And maybe, maybe each of you could share something you just find really, really special to you.
0: Um, I'll I'll start. I mean, for me, uh, served at another church for like five years before coming to Christ Fellowship. And uh, when I came to Christ Fellowship, just the, the heart and the humility of pastors Todd and Julie, the integrity, the legacy of integrity um, upon which the, the church has been built was yeah. really um, overwhelming, really refreshing. And, um, you know, Dave actually jokes often like the worst day at Christ Fellowship is better than the best day somewhere else. And and I think that's really just been our, our, our experience. We, we have loved being a part of the ministry here. And knowing that when something is decided or something changes or things move, like just being able to trust the heart and integrity of our leaders to know that those decisions were bathed in prayer and come from the right place. And it's really refreshing as somebody who, you know, that we have that kind of integrity in our leaders.
1: I love it. And couldn't agree more. Yeah. I just, I'd echo the same thing and just just say we, my wife and I've been at CF for 25 years and we knew Todd and Julie before we were coming to church here and just the consistency of that, the Mullins family and the way they lead. And, um, I remember pastor Tom preaching a message when I was just a, a teenager and he was talking about how, uh, people that follow you will run through brick walls for you if you lead them the right way. And I've just always been one of those guys. that want to run through a brick wall for Todd, for Tom, for Donna, Julie, for all those people. So, yeah. um, They've led it on and off platform from their home, from trips abroad, and just different opportunities have been to be around them and uh, love their leadership. Love it.
3: Yeah, I think for me, a big part, just to build off of what's already been said, is just the culture of excellence in which the Mullins family has uh, birthed. Christ Fellowship, and then uh, raised Christ Fellowship, just with that heart for excellence. And I think some people, they confuse excellence with extravagance. And um, Brandon, mm. you've been here. Um, it's not an extravagant place, but it, it's an excellent place, just kind of stewarding um, the resources, the people we've been given, all of that. And and the Mullins have always wanted to do the very best with mm. what they've had. We don't have to be extravagant, just be excellent. And and that excellent excellence has really opened up the opportunity just for incredible influence and i think that's how they've gained such respect and why god's hand is you know on christ fellowship in a unique way
2: yeah well no doubt i mean after 35 years of faithfulness i mean no no doubt there's going to be something special physically that has been built and obviously 13 locations uh represents that but um, I think that is truly what impacted me was their excellent spirit because excellence physically, you know, that we experience on the outside really starts with an excellent spirit. And, um, I, I think that's very, very well said. And which that's going to lead me to my next question, because this is the leading second podcast. We are, you know, listening to this today and, and everyone on this call, uh, we're leaders in the middle. And so we lead what's the proverbial saying you lead when you're even not, not in charge. And, and, you know, we find ourselves under lead. Leaders. And, um, we, I think the people that listen to this podcast want to get this right. And so Dave, I'm going to come your way with this one because you work with Campus pastors. And to me, there's really no one that represents what it means to lead second in some ways than a campus pastor because you're standing in a room, you're standing on a platform, you're representing your senior pastor, your lead pastor in that moment. You're leading, but you're representing someone. So Um, my, my question for you is like, when you step into a room as a, as a campus pastor, or when you coach the others in your organization, like what, what do you hope your team of campus pastors does well to represent Todd and Julie in every room that they find themselves leading?
3: Yeah. Great, great question. I, I think for us, it's really kind of two things internalize, and carry. And so um, if our team has not internalized the vision or the next thing or what's most important for Todd and Julie in this season, uh, when they get up and try to share that, I mean, people can see it. They can read through when we haven't um internalized and another way to say internalized, like bought in. And so sometimes we're given the next thing, the next part of the vision or what we need to carry out. And you know, you gotta go and you gotta get along with God. And he- you gotta spend some time in prayer, and you really gotta go. Okay, I'm I'm all in in this mm-hmm. season, and and to to grab that. And so the internalization is important. I think the other thing, just around culture and vision, as campus pastors, we don't we do not create vision or culture. We carry it, and not only do we carry it, but we curate it. And so we've got to. We've got to bring it with us. We, we've got to make sure we're leading in that. But then we've got to curate it. And what I mean by that, when we see it, when we find it, I mean, we've got to celebrate it. We've got to put it on display and just recognize it. So I think if CPs and middle leaders in any organization, if you can get to the place where you've truly internalized the heart, vision, culture, you're able to carry that out. And then also that you have submitted and sacrificed to the idea that you are not the primary vision creator, that you are that carrier, and then you become the curator. I just think it, it, one, it lifts your senior leaders uh, in in an incredible way.
2: That's awesome language, by the way, Uh, carrying and curating. I'm absolutely going to rip you off. This is the one time you get credit for that. We're going to talk more about that. No, uh, that's so well said. So good. Um, And maybe this would lead me to this question for you, Ryan. You are entrusted to teach on the platform regularly. I mean, I think it's, you know, multiple times a year and, and work work with different groups of of people, young people. Um I know that so many young communicators listening today would probably want to also find themselves in that place. So what would you say to the to the young guy, young girl listening right now who wants to communicate and wants to lead from the platform? Like what, what would you say to them about just that very important, precious role that some of us find ourselves entrusted in communicating on the platform on behalf of our pastors?
0: Oh, there, there's so much to say. Um, I think, uh, the first thing that I would want to say is we, we all have to wrestle with that desire to lead in that way. And, um, be honest enough with ourselves to acknowledge when it doesn't come from a place of health and it is not honoring of the Lord. And a lot of people um, want the platform. And it's typically, at least in our organization, I don't, it's typically not the people who want it that end up getting it. And, and so I just, you could say There's it. there's nothing wrong with desire, but we got to keep it in check. Um, the other thing I, was, I would say is like, you know, I think people sometimes make the mistake of feeling like they have to communicate like someone else, you know, and they, they emulate whether it's their senior pastor or they emulate, you know, whoever is trending that, that month, you know, the, the most popular preacher at the time. Um, I think what I've tried to do is recognize like I need my pastor's heart, but I don't need his voice. Like he's got, a, he's got his own voice. I got to, you know, like Pastor Dave was saying, carry the culture and carry the heart and the mission and all of the weight of that of our church. Um, but I'm not called to sound like him, you know, or preach like him. And I I think it's in finding that place where it's like, I'm going to honor this house and I'm going to carry my pastor's heart, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sound like he sounds or try to be like he is. Um, I think that's brought me to a place of confidence and just kind of knowing like, okay, this is who the Lord has called, called me to be. Um, and it helps me come under that spiritual burden that he's carrying week over week. You know, like every time I, I, I get the opportunity to preach on the weekends, I'm going like, I don't want to do this <laughs> as much as he has to do, you know, because it, the, the weight of it, it is so significant. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just called to lift the load, lift a load for our leader. And that's one way I can kind of come up under the, the burden that he's carrying. And, um, and so yeah, I think just, just finding your own voice and being sure that your motives are as God honoring as possible.
2: Well said. And uh, you, you carry that really well, especially given, just given the size and influence of your platform. There's no doubt that it takes discipline to, to stay in that place. And I, I, I respect that. That's truly, I think what we would say is leading second is truly a revelation. It's not something we can, we can teach to someone. I think that's why we created this space it's a revelation that got us to birth in each and every one of us. And all three of you carry that so well. Um, Brandon, here's one for you. And then we're going to move on talk about life after COVID here, which, which will be interesting. Uh, but I have a question for you, Brandon. Um, what, what is something that pastors Todd and Julie do exceptionally well that enable you to lead and to follow them, just what what what's something that they do talking leading second that they do exceptionally well that enables you to do that?
1: Yeah, I'll say, man, two of the things that they are the best at is they have, they love so well. They, they love their team. They love us. They give us so much opportunity and they're so full of grace. Like they have sometimes probably too much grace because they're they they just they love so much, they love so deeply and so well. Um, that you leave meetings and you're like, Well, did did I just get in trouble or did I not get in trouble? Did I get <laughs> in trouble or did I get a promotion? Like, I'm not sure what happened right there, but um, they're just they're so strong in that area that you can't help but feel loved, empowered, and valued when you come in and out of a meeting with them and just the opportunities that they will give you, if you do what Dave said and what Ryan said, you will have all the opportunities you want. And sometimes we're like, are you sure? Like like even in just in the transition that that they just asked me to step on senior leadership when I thought I was coming in there for something completely different. And even the way they set it up, I was like, I don't even know where we're headed right now. And then Todd dropped it. And I was like, for real? <laughs> and Todd started laughing. He's like, yeah, for real. But they were doing such a good job of of loving and encouraging and, and empowering. And um, I've just, I've never met two people that do a better job than that.
2: Hey, talk about that for a minute too. We didn't really say it uh, when you introduced yourself, but you are now on uh, the senior leadership team. Uh, what uh, and Dave mentioned before being on the senior management team. What what is the role of the senior leadership team? What 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 do you find yourself doing as a part of that?
1: Yeah, they. So we just spent like a, a couple of weeks really just defining that. And Ryan is also on senior management team as well. And so the senior leadership team really just is an executive pastor over each of the areas of ministry that we kind of put into three buckets with Todd and Julie. So me, Pastor Bill, Pastor James, and. um spiritually carry vision and hand that off to SMT where they create strategy and they help get us there, which I just was on SMT as well. And I feel like I'm still on that team, but um, it's awesome that that's what I was talking about before with Todd and Julie. They're, they're like, Hey, this is the vision. This is where we want to go. This is that we have to do this. Tell us how we're going to get there. And then, and then we get to stack hands and it's, it's been, it's been beautiful actually for the last couple months to be able to see how this is starting to work. It's great. That's great. I love it.
2: Okay. Let's talk about this season. We find ourselves in for a minute, uh, COVID season and life after COVID, maybe just a big question because I, I do want to get on to um, talking on the subject of clarity in a second, but just, where we find ourselves right now, what are you all doing at Christ Fellowship to prepare for life after COVID? When, whenever that happens, uh, what's going to be different about the church moving forward as a result of the season? Anyone can jump in and share a thought on that.
0: I think everything's going to be different. <laughs> I, I think if it's not, we're we're missing it. You know, um, I think you know it's going to vary obviously by context, but. I think the, the, the aftershock of this trauma is going to be felt in a lot of different ways for a, a long time. Um, it's going to be felt on teams. It's going to be felt by people. It's going to be felt in communities, you know, like I'm not even sure we've begun to experience the economic ramifications of all that we've walked through. And so, um, so I think everything's going to be different. And the people that we're going to, the people that we're ministering to are going to be different. They're, needs and their desires and their insecurities and their hopes and dreams, like those things are going to be different. And so I think we, we've got to just, again, reevaluate, like, what are the needs of our people? How do we meet those needs across multiple generations and all, all of that? And so um, I really think it's the time where we don't need to be thinking about how do we get back to church as normal. But um, the way we've been saying it around here is like, how do we build church forward? It's got, it's got to look different and we got to build church, but we don't want to build church back. We don't want to like get back what we used to add. It's like, what what's the, what's the new expression of church and how do we, how do we build it forward? So,
2: and, and I love that. Totally agree. And, and I feel like hearing that sentiment more. You know, we're, we I, I think Stephen Furtick said it right at the beginning, looking forward to normal. And I, I think, I think a lot of people are leaning into that, but it's really easy to get back into what, you know, like it's really easy to, even without knowing it, just work to get back to the thing. Maybe it's because we loved it, or maybe it's because, um, you know, there's muscle memory, I guess. I don't know what maybe, um, Brandon, Dave, one of you, like, what are you doing to break if, if we're, if we're building church forward, what are you doing to break kind of the muscle memory of the past and, and what is reinventing looking like? Like, like what meetings are you sitting in and what conversations are you having? Um, what is that space looking like to you guys right now?
3: Yeah, I think for for all of us uh, on the team here at Christ Fellowship, um, language matters, and so we 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 are not um, reopening. We did not reopen campuses. We relaunched campuses, and so um, we we wanted to make sure our team understood that. The other thing is is you know Christ Fellowship for many of us campus locations, you open the doors and hundreds. Thousands of people come. It's like a harvest, you know, pre-COVID every weekend, every Christmas was that. And so we've kind of changed the language from just the harvest mindset of what it meant to be a part of Christ Fellowship. And now we're planters. And so we've been talking a lot about planting season and what does it mean to plant and what do you do while you're waiting for those seeds to germinate and to grow and just the hard work of church planting. And so a lot of ways we're just we're going back not to the way church was. But we're going back to like the fundamentals of church. And so how do you care for people? How do you communicate with people? How do you build people? Just really going back to those core basics, fundamentals of really what it means uh, to be the church. Because I think we've made church about the context of a building. And what we know, and probably many of your listeners, that building that they were in pre-COVID, they might never go back to that building And what the content, the old deliverables of the content now is going to be delivered in so many different and and unique ways. And so uh, I I think it's important that what we've been encouraging our team is we've got a new language. We've got a new vision around what does it mean to be planters in this season? That's been something that's been super helpful.
1: And that language has actually been really helpful when when somebody on a team starts to go back to pre-COVID ways like, oh, well, we could just do, well, wait, is that? Harvest mindset or planting mindset? Are we are we just pushing the easy button because we've done it before? Or are we thinking how we could do it different because we might do it with less? We might not have the budget we had pre-COVID. We might not have all the resources that so we get, but we still want to reach people. Um, and then I love the meet. A lot of the meetings I've been sitting in have been around church everywhere, Christ Fellowship everywhere, and just when you know for four and a half years from the platform, I said, we're one church, many locations, which is what all the campus pastors said. And now we're saying, Hey, we're one church everywhere. Like we're, we're seeing impact literally globally that people have found us during this season. And how do we, how do we help them grow? How do we help disciple them? How do we help them find what's next in their world? Cause they're not going to come to a building here in Palm Beach Gardens, but yep. um, they still can be a part of the church family and have a huge impact and help lead others. Yep.
2: What are you all doing to support your pastors in this season as they make really difficult and new decisions, because I, I'm sure pastors Todd and Julie are in that space. No doubt, every lead pastor represented by listeners of this episode today, our man, our pastors are are having to make decisions they don't know how to make. And I'll say, and we're we're doing an episode on this soon um, through our Team Church Network. Uh, I think pastors are dealing with decision fatigue. And, and are just straight up tired of making big decisions because it's now been months, uh, of that. So what are you all doing to support them as they, as they, they manage the season?
0: It's so good, Brandon. I think it's the right question to be asking. That's what we all need to be asking is like, how can we support our leaders in this season? Cause you're right. They're doing things they've never done before, deciding about things nobody wants to decide on. And um, you know, helping to shoulder that burden through prayer, I think is incredibly important uh, extending, extending grace to go like, nobody's going to get it right in this season, you know, and, and we're not even at this moment talking about all the other political tensions or realities that we're facing as a nation. And, you know, you're going to offend someone no matter what decision you make. And it's like it's hard to do anything right at at this very moment. And so I think just having a lot of grace for our leaders um, and recognizing that we've never been here before and then just helping to shoulder some of that responsibility in prayer that God would give them wisdom. Because I think that the decision fatigue thing that you mentioned is, is a real deal, you know. And, um, uh, there's, yeah, lots of things we could talk about there, but I think prayer and grace for me. One of the, you know,
1: senior management team has done a fantastic job of making a lot of those decisions. So there's a lot of things that there's, we're just saying, Hey, Todd, Julie, let, let's let SMT make these decisions. And, you know, let's think about some other things. And then some of the things me, Bill and James are trying to do is just like, you don't have to carry everything. Let us carry it. Let, let us say communicate some of those harder conversations. Let us go yeah. have so like this whole week we're having conversations that they're completely out of. We're like, this is where we're going, this is where we're headed. These are the conversations we're going to have. If you're okay with it, you guys take the day off. Go get go get a coffee, get some rest, do and and we'll let you know if it how it goes. <laughs> so um, yeah. so far it's and and I will tell you that is really hard for our senior leaders. It is very hard. They want to do it because they want to make sure that their heart is felt and, and expressed and that, that, that people are hearing and cared for well and pastored well. And so, um, it's not easy for them to let others make some of those decisions, but I think they understand that they have decision fatigue and they have to. Yep.
2: That's great. Well said. So Brandon, when you and I were preparing for this conversation, you mentioned that, that, this team has been on a journey toward greater clarity and I believe this was even kind of a pre COVID, you know, um, season for you all of finding your way to greater organizational clarity. I guess where, where did that, what problem started that conversation? Where did that come from and what has the process looked like over the last, you know, year maybe, uh, to finding greater clarity? Cause we're going to talk in just a minute about, clarity and ambiguity and, and I'm sure things aren't perfect, but I guess where, where did that journey start for you all?
1: Um, so it was, it was pre me being in the room, but from what I understand, there was a lot of, uh, people in the room that were creating difficult situations, things were getting stuck. So that led our pastors and, and senior, some of the senior leadership team to go and say, Hey, we need to bring organizational clarity, which is actually one of the eight you know, one of the eight buckets that we said has to be, has to be figured out in order to build church forward. Um, so they worked with, um, table group and really just worked hard on how can we bring the, the, the best structure to the team to have clarity into where senior leadership isn't always having to go down into the weeds of decisions. And they're like, this is where we're headed and then actually letting another team own it. So that's why there's, um, currently there's five A senior leadership team and there's 10 senior management team and that that significantly uh changed the size of the room because it would get from one level to the next and you could have 50 people in the room and it just everything was getting stuck so things weren't moving
0: Mm.
2: what has it felt like for all of you to lead in ambiguity so i'm sure you know the organization has been on this journey to a greater clarity, but no doubt it hasn't always been there. Like you just mentioned. So what has it felt like? How have you attempted to lead well in moments or seasons where there was ambiguity? Would anyone have something to say about that?
3: Yeah. I go back to the great theologian and uh, finding Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep <laughs> swimming. So, you know, I think a, a huge part for our team in the ambiguity is to just encourage them. Do you trust our senior leaders? do you trust the team? Because if there's trust there, then you can fill in the uncertainty of like what's happening, but you you've got to have, in my opinion, all leaders need to be able to survive with some level of ambiguity. It's a, it's a necessity Mm. um, to be able to move forward, whatever, whatever it is that, you know, your leader has asked you to move forward. Uh, But that only can happen when there is absolute trust and so I think I mean we we started talking today about the integrity and leadership and heart of our senior pastors, and because that's there, man, we can we can move our teams forward in that. And then we've just chosen to over communicate. And so things are forever changing. I mean, our governor will say one thing today that's going to change how we do church tomorrow, and then sure. that might change next week. And so uh, uh, pastors Todd and Julie have said they're going to choose clarity. Um, over certainty, And so even if we don't wow, know, we're going to yeah. communicate yeah. that we don't know. And that's what I love about Todd and Julie. They will tell you, we don't know what we don't know <laughs> because we don't know what we don't know. Here's what we, here's what we think. And we're going to move forward in this way. And so Brandon's mentioned organizational clarity. There's a few more meetings right now, but those meetings are keeping everybody on the same page.
2: I love that clarity over certainty. Somebody needs to hear that today. Clarity over certainty. Especially right now. Hey, I got you guys for a couple more minutes here. I want to talk leadership. What are you doing to identify leaders moving forward leaders to carry this thing? So what what is what is leadership um, identification or even a pipeline? Like, do you have any any thoughts on what that's looking like for you moving forward?
0: Um, I think you know when you kind of look across the landscape of how organizations have weathered the pandemic and everything that we've walked through, you know it wasn't the churches or the ministries that had the biggest budgets or the best programs that survived. Right. It was those who had the best leaders and the strongest culture. Mm. Um, and so I think it, it's renewed our commitment to go like, man, we're gonna we're gonna focus so much of our time and energy and resource on leaders and culture um, because that's gonna help us endure, whatever the next storm is, right? There's going to be something. It'll be different. But um, so I think, man, right now, leadership is... Obvious, you know, like in some, like when we moved all of our student ministry services from physical gatherings to online, I instantly found out who all of our good life group leaders were, you know, because <laughs> their kids were still showing right. up, and I, that kind of thing. It's the ones who were knocking on doors with birthday presents, and I, I think it's the same. The same is true of our staff, you know, like maybe in maybe more so than ever, uh, you can see leadership a little more clearly in times of crisis. We know who stepped up and who who was able to adapt and, and maybe who wasn't, and that's all okay. Um, but it's given us a lens to look through, I think, to go like, man, there's a lot to applaud about the way you approach this season. And as we emerge, uh, let's do this together. So.
2: Yeah. Crisis is certainly the great revealer of, of all of that. Hey, let me ask you guys this. Uh, what are you doing to drive ownership? deeper in the organization? Because to me, I, we, we, we talk about it ad nauseum with leading second. We're looking for owners, not renters. I'm sure we've all, we've all done a sermon on that from time to time, you know, we're looking for, so what are you doing to drive ownership deeper in the organization?
1: You know, one of the, and Ryan's absolutely right. And I love that. We also have some other opportunities with leadership college and leadership development. We have people that we're constantly pulling and calling up saying, Hey, we see this in you. And then we get to help stay around them, coach them through that. But I think really bringing clarity to accountability on different areas that people lead. And Dave does a great job of this with, with his team and holding them accountable when they've been tasked for something or something hasn't happened. Um, but we have to we have to do better at that. And I think that's something we're getting better at. I wouldn't say we're, we're there, but um, we, we have so much to accomplish And we don't have as big a team to accomplish it. So we have to be really clear about accountability and who's looking after what. And, and then also empower them to do it. You got this, you can do this. Like we're, this has been given to you. You can do it. Now go do it. I'm going to check in next week and make sure you did it.
2: So good.
3: Yeah. I think that's all, all awesome stuff, Brandon. I I'd say two, two additional things. I, I think to instill ownership and create ownership, you have to trust your team. And, and I think as uh, as middle management leaders, we're all leading a team. And as we look at that team today, can we can we say that we trust them? And then the second question, would be when's the last time you told them, I trust you? And mm. then you've got to trust mm. them. And when they fail and it's messy, and especially working with younger leaders, they're going to mess, things are going to happen. Um, but to tell them you trust them and then to actually put that trust in there, that's going to instill and create ownership. And I would also say too that like you just got to let them know where they are in the story of what God's doing and inspire them um, with the story. I, I, I wanna be inspired as a as a leader. And so when Todd and Julie inspire me, man, I'm I'm gonna own the vision, I'm gonna get there. And so you've got to be an inspiring leader as well. And I think one of the things that Christ Fellowship does incredibly well to inspire our staff and our volunteers is we tell the stories of life change and what God's doing. Those stories really are the currency of ownership and trust and inspiration.
1: So good. So good. I'll add hey. another little piece there too. I, I actually wrote this down this past week when I was just thinking about my team and a lot of new team have come on underneath my care. And I just, I wrote down if I'm loving them well, listening to them and learning because I, there's a lot of things they're carrying that I don't, I don't know. So. I wanted to learn, like, what are you, what are you carrying and what, how can I help you carry it better? <clears throat> how can I lead you through it? Um, so like when I wrote down what I was going to commit to, to my team, I wrote down, I'm gonna love, I'm going to listen, I'm going to learn. And then they know they're valued and they know that I'm, I've got their back. Like I care about what they're carrying. So not just the accountability piece and the dumping on them, that was a little, <laughs> a little strong and abrupt, but also letting them know, like, man, you, you, you are part of the team and you're valued and you're loved. And I care about what you're carrying.
2: You know, Brandon, one of the things that I think I've heard the most often during this season, just in in different either coaching calls we've had or, or conversations or whatnot, I think the most consistent thing is leaders that have said that their leader, it's been a long time since their leader stopped long enough to ask them how they were doing. And we're just, we've just been in kind of this go 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 scenario, and I've just heard this cry from leaders saying, "I just want someone to ask me how I'm doing." And I say that not as a point of criticism, but just as as a shortcut to leaders. Maybe maybe there's something in stopping long enough to offer the leaders that serve under you just a bit of care in this season. We've all been through a lot. And I think they want to go the distance. We we want to go the distance for our pastors. They want to go the distance for you. Um, but I I just think that maybe there's a shortcut there for us right now to really show some love and some care. That's my two cent opinion for the day here. Hey, uh, I have loved talking with you guys. I really value this time. I I, I love um, Christ Fellowship. I I was sad I wasn't able to make the conference uh, this last year, plan to come next time. Everyone listening should make plans to engage or attend on some level. So thank you guys for a few minutes today and sitting down before I let you go. I have one more question for you really quick. I just would love for each of you to answer this question. I ask often to guests, what is your greatest prayer for the local church in this season that we're all finding ourselves in?
3: I'll jump out on that first. My greatest prayer right now is John 17 that the church Uh, would be one, Um, and especially in this season of of divisiveness and divisiveness, that we would just uh, be a church that's united.
1: Beautiful. Brandon? My prayer is just, um, we've been singing this song, God of Revival, and it's just, it's stirred in my soul for the past two months, and I don't want to do anything to get in the way of the revival. Like, we're seeing it. We can easily miss it, but I don't want me or the teams we lead or the church or policy or process to get in the way of the God of revival and what he's doing, because I, I totally believe 100% that we are seeing revival break out. And it's just going to keep breaking out if we do the right things mm. and keep leaning in and let God lead us through
0: it. Mm. For me, it hasn't changed uh, that students would be brave enough to believe they can change the world. So just praying that the next generation of of kids that we get to serve, students and young adults, would uh, be a part of that revival that Brandon's speaking to and praying for.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well said. Uh, We're going to leave it there for the day. Thanks so much for your time today, guys. Highly value this. Love you all. And uh, praying that 2021 is a huge year at Christ Fellowship of Building Church Forward. Thanks for having us. Well, a big thank you today to Ryan and Dave and Brandon for sitting down with me today. I trust that you gleaned something uh, from their wisdom that'll help you right where you're at today. Uh, Hey, if this podcast is resonating with you, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It would be our honor to have a space in your world as a leader in the middle. uh, Most Thursdays of the year when we release a fresh episode and uh, consider leaving a rating or a comment. And um, why don't you help us get word out to someone in your world that doesn't yet know about the podcast. It'd be our honor Uh, just to help sharpen all of us as we attempt to lead from the middle and lead well for our pastors. Also, as mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, we have, um, I think, one more conversation uh, until we hit the end of season three. And we will be back early in 2021 with season four of the Leading Second Podcast. And I'm looking forward to a fresh season of of content and help for all of us as leaders. So Leading Second, we love you. We're standing with you, uh, praying for you today. Uh, Until next time, Leading Second, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together.
0: For more information, you can go to leadingsecond.com and find our digital magazine. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second to keep up with our community of uncommon church builders.